What does it mean to manufacture a stronger standard? At DeGeist, it means to solve challenges and help manufacturers achieve more through our people, our technology, and our belief that anything is possible. This is Manufacturing a Stronger Standard, a podcast by DeGeist. Hey everyone, welcome back to Manufacturing a Stronger Standard, a podcast by DeGeist. I'm Derek DeGeist, president of Lesta USA and DeGeist Corporation. And uh, we're here today with a guest, Brad Rupert, back with us again, our application specialist and engineering manager at DeGeist. Brad, thanks for joining us today. Not a problem, glad to be here again. I'm excited about today, Brad, because we're gonna talk about something new. We got a new series that we're starting today, talking about a solution that we developed together with the rest of our team, and it's really making an impact all across the country. And it's in the wheel refinishing industry. I know we're really passionate about automation, robotics, and our less self-learning robots and finding ways to help manufacturers increase their finishing and be able, to, be able to do more with the people that they have. And this one, I just felt like it really hit a super home run for us. We've really been able to impact and help a lot of people. And we're using every one of our services and, and our entire team at DeGeese Corporation has been able to get involved in this solutions. For some of our listeners, if you're in wheel refinishing, this is well known. Now for me, before we entered this, or I think all of us, I didn't even know this even existed. Uh, and uh, did you know much about this before that? Uh, I had no idea it's the scale that it is. Uh, you know, right now with the systems we've put in, we're doing over 1,200 wheels a day with less than robots. And that's just in a few facilities. And that's really the tip of the iceberg of how many of these facilities are out there. Because it's a way that they can, that these companies can keep, it's half the cost of buying new. And so it's a way to save cost, but to get them back out there. And we got to actually tour multiple of these different facilities and see how that, this is like being on an episode of how it's made, watching how they, they redo that entire, the entire wheel and the rim. And it's a, been a cool honor to be a part of that. Brad, this is different. Like this whole solution, we've talked about less to self-learning robots before. How the self learning robot technology we have a lot of podcasts that our listeners have heard or can listen to about how that works but what does this mean as a full system that's really the difference here is the things we've talked about in the past we're usually adding a robot to an existing system or an existing process this is taking the key pieces of equipment and kind of starting over when you walk into the facility it's a manual pole style conveyor where they're manually moving one rim from station to station or carrying it depending on what what process it is. When we're done, they're literally loading on one side, unloading on the other, and it's a complete part ready to ship at that time. So now we've been able to integrate through Lesta with the conveyor, so we actually have complete control over the conveyor. Uh, and really the customer can set to whatever their bottleneck may be, and depending on the different systems, that bottleneck will move. Uh, most of the time it's gonna be your cure oven. You know, how fast can you run that rim through that oven and still get it cured? properly. You know, sometimes the guys, uh, you know, we incorporate the burn-off oven in so that we can get our blast cycles down. You know, there's a lot of auxiliary equipment that's already there that now becomes part of a system rather separate processes. We are manufacturers at heart and we go customer side first because we've been the customer so long. And so when we look at the adding that conveyor system, these some of them are 150, 250 foot conveyor, total conveyors. That was really new for us. I mean, we've dabbled with ours, but what we saw out there when we got what the customer needed, a lot of these larger conveyor systems and companies, it didn't make sense to bring in the full scale 
of these large conveyors when we needed one that we could do in a day or two. And then also we look at the cost of just the HMI of a conveyor. Now we can control that with our robot controller. We're taking cost out, making a more economical, full turnkey solution in there. And that's been a, a neat evolution that we've standardized all of our structural support and you've been helped with the design. And we've really reinvented the continuous conveyor specifically for this application. Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, you were instrumental in that with your engineering team. And what, tell us a little bit about some of the things that, that we've done to be able to take a stocks of piece of material handling equipment and make it tailored for the wheel industry. So we basically, we always started at the process side. So, you know, what does it take to coat a wheel manually? You know, that's really our biggest bottleneck, if you'd say, because that tack time isn't going to change a lot, even with the addition of the automation. But where the conveyor really shines is it's that driving force. So now every 180 seconds on your single oven lines, we're running about 180 seconds in between a rim. But it's going to do a rim every 180 seconds as long as there's a rim on that hook. So you know, we started looking at spacings. We've got some of our first systems out there that are 42 inches, some are at 48. Uh, we kind of dialed in on that 36 inch system. So now every three feet there's a rim in the air. Well, if you start looking at that with the systems that are currently in the industry, the hooks, there is no spacing because they're just on a trolley and they're pulled through but they get pulled through pneumatically through the oven and if someone doesn't feed that next one, it sits idle. At this point, if you can load up 12 rims, you now have all that queue to move on to the next station and the previous process will still take place automatically. That really, I think, is the, the how. When people really see what liberation that offers their people and that how that's been able to get more with uh, the people that they have, it's really talking about those steps. So those become drop down into process steps that you that you train and work with those teams on, and we create zones. And then in the end, we're calling them zones. You're talking mm -hmm. about the load zone, and it just becomes straight time. And if you don't miss a gap, tell them about what that means and, and what you've seen that happen on uh, what, what breaks, lunches, and things look like. That's the joy of the continuous system is we usually give the customer enough spots that they can load that line up so the blast can get usually 8 to 10 ahead. And in most cases, that'll be a 15 to an 18 minute spot that they would not have to hang another rim and they would still be able to come back, get that next one blasted and on the, on the line and not miss a hook, so to speak. If we don't miss a hook, your gun on time goes from a typical 40 to 50% gun on to, we've got some, some of these systems out there right now that they're averaging 95% gun on time. So from the moment they start up, there's two rims sitting in front of the, the robot. And when they finish, that last one goes through through the oven and they shut down and, the, and they're getting numbers. I mean, we've got systems out there with two men that they hit 199 last week. Say that one more time. 199 rims in a 10 hour workday with, with, with two people. Two people. So, I mean, that, that is the high score right now, but they, I mean, they, well, we they, have systems doing more. Correct. For two one, people, so one oven. Explain what, I mean, that's another one is for the, our, this is a unique solution. If you're not in wheel or refinishing or you are, then it's not, I guess, it's driven by the cure. Your cure, your cure oven is, is normally the bottleneck. And in a lot of these, we're trying to use existing equipment they already have. We thought of them as hot wired or, or added more or made it scalable, but it really has been driving from the cure. Um, and so maybe talk a little, just a little bit about what we've done with that. So basically you figure out what is my longest time? 
90% of what we walk into, it's the oven. They've got a single oven or an older, older IR oven, some are gas convection ovens. It really depends on how long do I need to be in there, and that, that's really gonna drive how much could I get through that in a day. So say it's a 10 minute cure, which is kind of our average out there right now is 10 minutes in whatever length oven they may have. So you take that throughout the day and you know, then 120 doesn't look outrageous. But the, the thing is you're not missing a beat. Every set amount of time, 180 seconds, you're getting a rim out of that oven. So if you can keep it fed, it's gonna produce that again and again. And then with the conveyor, we've made it modular enough that we can get around obstacles. Uh, every, every plant's laid out a little bit differently, but because of our design and our conveyor and just, we've even done it on the fly where we've, we've shown up on site, we've got a layout that's been signed off on, and you know what guys, the more we look at this, we really like it to go around this pole versus around that pole. Or and, why is this pole here? <laughs> well, that's when we're on site, we're, we're kind of at the mercy of what's, what we're walking into. And our guys have done a great job of adapting and being able to get these systems to be functional in that, which is also amazing to me every time I say it, in three to five days. I mean, we show up to a system that's got a couple ovens and a blaster on the ground and five days later, we're, we're making rims again. Support, conveyor, safety fencing, robot, integrated, running, and training at the same time. Correct. With that though, it isn't just the conveyor and the robot though. We've had other episodes, you and I had a passionate discussion of how, we, of how day one solution came to be, and we've, we've really taken day one into this solution as well with numerous products that we've added to be able to. Can you just briefly talk about a couple of the things that we've added to make sure that this is not just a conveyor robot, and it's also the other pieces that go with it. Can you explain that right. a little bit? When you have this rim, we usually have four sides of just the way we attack the rims right now. So we're actually spinning that rim on the way through the booth, but that has to be the exact same every time so that the program will work. Uh, so there was multiple things in there. There's, there's three joints in between the top of the conveyor and the hook. Each of them had to be looked at and how we could isolate how much movement was in each of those joints. And the last one was the actual hook itself that in, in this industry, it's through the valve stem. Valve stem hole is all that's left we can grab onto. That's the only spot we can have a, a bare spot in the, in the rim. So we've developed a hook that has a very close mate to both our casted swivel, which we rotate around a pin to get to all four sides. And then we've also added a, a set of prongs to that hook so that it can't rotate left to right after the spin because it is a mechanical spin. And that was another way to take cost out of the system is we do have the chain variant where we can spin a sprocket on a chain, but in most of these systems, that would have been a third of the cost of the conveyorized system to put that in. So we've moved to a mechanical system that actually was developed by our vendor, and we've taken that and improved it for the automation. For this app application, I mean, we went through, I mean, in our test lab, we went through numerous different sources and castings, and we've tested different ones, we've added different contours to our lasers and the diameters of our pin rotations and uh, really come up with a very custom whole set of uh, components that are harmoniously working together. The, the solution's been working fantastic for us. Tell me some other success stories. Tell me about what, what are you seeing out there and I mean, you kind of touched on some of the production numbers that a couple of our customers have. What are they experiencing? We've had a lot of our customers that, you know, the numbers are there. We've got one we walked in that it was 48 to 50 rims a day. Uh, the first day we did 80. 
I mean, second day we did 80 with them. Uh, we actually ended up doing a two-day training with them, just the way that the hours landed the time I got there. They were there, they, they moved their shift to wait for me to come into site, so they put, gave me eight hours the first day, and we did eight hours the second day. Had about three hours of sleep, but we, we had two <laughs> eight-hour days in there. And they were able to reproduce it, and that really, it was, it was good for me to see, even on next to no sleep, but they really were confident when we walked out of there, and that system, it ran Thursday, it ran Friday, and they, they kept at that number. Now I looked in on that system, they're doing 120 to 130 in that same eight-hour day. The ability to do it and to not be scared of it shortly after. I mean, the learning curve is very quick. You know, after we finish that install and that initial training, our service and support is second to none, in my opinion. I've, I've been in the encoding the industry for over 18 years, and that's one thing I pride myself in is all of my customers know me by name. Uh, they're reaching out, and they know if, if I'm not available, there's another tech that will see that, that same request and get back to them really quick. So we're all connected, we're able to support, and since we all share the software, we all share all these projects worldwide, we can all work amongst them and, and get them an answer or at least get the right person involved in a short amount of time. And I've seen that most of your follow-up with, uh, with your customers in this solution is application side. So you have 35 years of industry experience in the finishing industry and they're coming to you. <laughs> they want to talk to you or or Chad or, or Marty. We have, like you said, we have multiple others, but it's that, that application side because we've, we've been there and we, we've done that, I feel is uh, really neat. You just got back from actually doing an install in a startup and can you just give us a little sneak peek of what happens after we put something like this in and uh, what you see out there in, in the field from uh, the painters that you're adding this uh, into the companies you're adding this into their facility. Well, yeah, we, as you said, we just got back again here last, last Friday, we finished one up. Uh, it's just amazing to see you walk in, the, the applicators, they're you know, almost fearful. It's how am I gonna program a robot? I've never dealt with any of this. And a lot of these guys are career painters or guys that just kind of came on board. It's we really don't have that in between or the guys that were really techy want to do it. It's, this is what I wanted to do. How am I going to make this robot? You know, how am I going to interact with it every day? And by the time we're done with the training, you know, they're smiling, they're, they're, they're nudging each other saying, hey, look, it's doing exactly what I just showed it how to do. And they're running. I mean, our last training, we did five different styles of rims, 80 rims during training. I mean, an eight hour training session and we beat what they did on a normal eight hour day of production. Wow. So when they walk out, they know this is the real deal and the comfort level comes really quick. Well, you not only that, but uh, this last one in particular, you walked into uh, a hornet's nest. I mean, because this system was bought by management uh, uh, from a different facility. The people that you walked in to be able to put this system in had no idea it was even coming and were there to help show that it was going to fail. It's just it, you know, employee buy-in is always huge on any type of project in general and then to add automation in a facility that you know usually doesn't have automation in that area at least the the facilities we're in definitely are automated on the other side of the wall so to speak but on the coding side it's it's very just you know manly manly thrown around manly painted uh, a lot of guys don't even believe in the jib hoists even though we we offer them uh, so there's a learning curve there guys that are willing to put in their all every day to do a process that can be automated and made easier. And yeah, there is a lot of times where there's just no way it can do what I'm gonna do or there's no way it's gonna be consistent. And once 
once we get them to interact with the software, interact with the machine, and then show them how they can actually step back and watch what they did and learn from their past and utilize their equipment better because now they can watch the dials and understand that, well, I did get too close there because it cut my voltage off. I mean, they can use all the tools that they have and actually step back and see how they're supposed to work. Well, Alicia and I were, got to do a tour through Wisconsin and Minnesota. We visited, I think, three of these facilities and uh, two of them I'd never been to yet. So that was kind of, that was cool to be able to meet them and talk to them. And I thought one of the really neat things uh, that one of the managers said is that I was, I was skeptical of this. Management told me that we had to have this and I was skeptical of whether this would work. But you know, it really, I saw it running and I thought, I, th I can work with this. I can work with this. And then after we got it going and Brad left, I saw them and we said, we're, we're out of wheels. He said, I never thought I would ever say that we're out of wheels. And that he said, this is going to change everything for him because his team, he said, used to work this last year. They worked through July 4th weekend. They'd work 10 hour days and still have to work weekends. He said, now during their busy season coming up, even when they get even busier than they are now, he said, he can see where I said, they're no longer going to have to work holidays and we no longer have to work weekends. This is just cool. A lot of these places, you know, if they even add an hour or or two, it's not just a few rims difference. It's 20, it's 40 rims just because the system is driving that, that production. And if we can get those two more hours in, work through a few of those breaks, we don't have to consider the weekends. We don't have to consider the holidays. Uh, and and we're not beat at the end of the day. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, we talk about the lesser robot. This takes it one step further. It's not just the painting operation, but the, the pole and the rims around the system, grabbing them through, you know, most of our systems, we add a couple jibs in. So now there is no heavy lifting and this is a heavy lifting sport. And, and these, miles, walking miles. Yeah, and you're not back and forth. You're, you're staying in your position, you know, you're walking 10 to 15 feet at most, left to right. And then, you know, the guy that's supplying the burn off rims, you know, there's, there's definitely forklifts still involved and we're not changing everything, but that cell itself is very self-sufficient. Well, one of the big things I had heard is that, man, these guys we'd come, they don't, they don't even know how to use their application equipment. And that application equipment, we talked to them guys, like every time we'd come there is different people. So we train someone, but then the next time we come back, it's a whole new set of people. And that uh, concern as, a, as an owner of a system um, is gone. You know, that, uh, and you're going to keep, keep your people because they get to be a part of that. Like you said, the quality of that, uh, that job goes up and you're working with robots. This is super cool. So anything else, Brad, that you think there to, to, to wrap it up at the end here is that you were thinking of with your customers or what you've seen? Uh, I guess just honestly, it's, it's the joy of seeing that first rim. Uh, I, I, I speak about that amongst our team quite a bit, but it's, it really is, and actually we had a, a new gentleman with us here, our last install and- New to application specialist. Yeah, a new application specialist that we're training in. Uh, and just just for his feedback to see that, they just astonishing, you know, they, they had no idea that it was, uh, the guys would always ask, well, I gotta do this every morning? It's like, well, no. Honestly, by the time we leave today, you're gonna have most of your production programs in the system ready to go. You can only improve from there. And uh, just just to see the, you know, we've seen the high fives, we've seen the hugs, we've had guys come up and <laughs> it's been amazing. And I look forward to the ones to come. 
Oh, great. Well, Brad, thank you so much for joining us today on another episode of the Manufacturing a Stronger Standard on this new series on the wheel refinishing industry, talking about our new solution and system. And everyone else, thank you for joining as well. And look for our new episodes coming out. We have two more coming out in this series on the wheel refinishing. And next week, we're going to be talking to IMI, one of the major players in the wheel refinishing industry, and how we partnered with them to be able to offer a more comprehensive solution for this system for our partners. So look for us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your episodes, and we hope to hear from you again.